I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But yeah. Given, given that, um, sorry, go ahead. Do you know what, Michael? I, I don't even know if I was going to say <laughs> You're just vocalizing, were you? I just have a habit of starting sentences and then saying, well, we're in the middle of it now, big guy. Let's see where this goes. Go around this one. I was honestly, I felt such relief when you took over <laughs> and then you went back to me. And that, that's as much true terror as I've ever felt. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Legitimate Likes, the podcast where we take a look at some of humanity's most popular fascinations and we try to work out, are they really worthy of the hype? They may be likes, but are they legitimate likes? My name is Hugh and I'm not joined by my usual co-host, Will. I'm joined by two guest co-hosts, returning guest co-hosts as well, who've both brought, I suppose, a sort of combination of festivity and expertise to this podcast. So our first returning host is theatre producer and... Muppet podcaster Amina Hammett. Hi, Amina. Hi. I think Muppet podcaster is generous for someone who did four podcast episodes, but I'm definitely a theatre producer. I would agree, but I suppose there's a very strong uh, quest on the part of the Legitimate Likes co-host to be invited onto that podcast. So we're just really, I'm just reminding you that you have a podcast, you know. <laughs> yeah. So because this is your second time on our podcast, and uh, kind of still waiting, you know. I'll think about it. Amina, you were previously you were previously on our Muppets episode, so the listeners can obviously see what this episode is about already. I mean, are you worried about being typecast as a legitimate likes co-host? No, no. There's a lot to talk about within the Muppets. I can't wait for our Muppets Treasure Island episode. Mm. It's fine. I don't know. I do have other interests. Um but they're just not as like generally interesting. Yeah. And I probably yeah, wouldn't yeah. like back them in court, whereas I feel like I would I would back them up at in court. Does that make sense? Probably not. Yeah, no, I think we'll we'll definitely do a, a sort of legal drama Muppet crossover. <laughs> have the have the Muppets ever been involved in a legal drama? <laughs> Actually, hold that thought because 
I'm gonna, I have something to pitch later on. So I'm going to introduce our second co-host, who's actually, I don't know, Amina, do you know this? Our second co-host has been in a Muppets movie. I, I do. But I'm delighted to welcome back previous guest on the Murder, She Wrote episode, comedy writer Connor McReynolds. Hi, Connor. Hello, thank you so much. And it's so lovely that you're here this time. Yes, I disappeared off on holidays in the summer and... You went to extreme lengths to avoid me last time. You went to quite literally the other side of the world. I went a long way away. Yeah, I was in Hawaii when you were recording that episode. Oh, and what we're going to discuss this evening, you could be no further from Hawaii. No, no, because it's cold. No, I... (laughs) No, I think, I think, I think the sentence, Connor, Connor, it's one of those, which I would say the sentence was correct in every aspect and yet nonetheless confusing for that, you know, (laughs) I suppose it was just a confusing way to introduce the topic, you know, but speaking of confusing ways to introduce topics, I think it's time to bring in our two producers. We are joined by Michael and Anya. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. I suppose, Michael and Anya, you must see yourselves as 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 a Muppet pair. Who would you be? I know on the last time, Anya, we did look at you know which Muppet we might be, and there was a lot of a lot of people claimed Kermit, to be honest. But if the two of you are together, obviously in the Muppet Christmas Carol, you know, there's kind of an are obvious we Sadler and Waldorf. Is that what you're saying? I think we are. We finish each other's jokes. No, we're Rizzo. Well, I was going to say and Gonzo. Gonzo and Rizzo. Yeah. yeah okay. Oh. Oh. Oh, bags, bags. Oh, I'm definitely Rizzo. You're obviously Rizzo, Anya. <laughs> Michael's yeah. the one who's like, I am Charles Dickens. Now let's get back to the story. Whereas yeah. you're like running through gates that you climbed. Oh, you, you're looking for, yeah, yeah. You're looking yeah. for a good time, Anya. You're no, more, Michael's trying to keep us on track. She's more streetwise, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, anyone is more streetwise than you. That's I true. have... Four-year-olds in my school, Michael, who are more streetwise than you. Even using the word streetwise is quite... <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. Like, nobody who's, nobody who's streetwise ever says, yeah. I'm very It's like when your parents tell you that they're down with the kids. <laughs> they mm. are not yeah. down with the kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. down with the kids. Connor, I mean, you know, do you always wear this costume? We're or on a podcast. You have the, to describe the co- You can't the... do that. This is audio only. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Connor, do you find the leather just nice to wear on the skin? Is that it's very form it fitting? Sometimes I get my lip stuck in the zip, and that hurts. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, I did run round like a bit of a lunatic beforehand. We had to get all the Christmas things down from the attic just so I could put together my Christmassy ensemble. So for the listener, uh, this is all for you, dear listener. I am wearing my Santa hat. And my Santa dressing gown, mm. robe thing. So I'm spectacularly warm, but I'm feeling festive. You look very Santa, like at work, in the workshop. Sleeves are rolled up, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. 29th of the 11th. There is no time for fucking around elves. Yeah. Let's do this I, thing. I think you look like Santa on like whatever the trade magazine is for the elves. <laughs> like the sleeves are rolled up and you're like, it's Santa. Sa- an interview with Santa in the workshop. Like, I think that's what it's giving. Vogue you 73 know? questions Aww. with Santa. I'll take 73 that. 73 questions, yeah. <laughs> Hugh, hearing you say Vogue 73 questions yeah. is so strange. Connor, do you have a tiny chaise lawn for a cat? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that is absolutely what we have. Is, yeah. is that for young Hugo? It is for young Hugo and for is young Hugo Bruce. Hugo and Bruce are both cats, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, they, so I'm sure at some stage Bruce uh, will definitely come 
and give some salty opinions <laughs> on Muppet Christmas Carol. He's never seen it. He's four months old, but he's vocal. So he'll show up at some point and he might lie down on his chaise. It's, it's what he does. I love, I love Can I just ask, because two weeks ago we released our Thanksgiving episode and guests Wonderful. Stuart Wellington and Mags Carter talked about the reasons for naming their cats. Do you have other particular um, inspirations for Bruce and Hugo or just great names? Uh, well, certainly for, for Hugo, I think it was just a case of a great name. My wife uh, said he looked like a Hugo hmm. and it was very difficult to argue with that because he just did. <laughs> Does he look like a middle class private or like a private school boy? <laughs> he actually does. Yeah, he, he looks he's very pretty. He looks like he's looked after himself and that he comes from money, which is ironic because he lives with me. So he definitely doesn't come from money. Um, Bruce, though, was named after Bruce Wayne because okay. you have never seen a cat look more like Batman. And when he shows up and he will at some point over the next hour or so, you'll see what I mean. It's like he's wearing a little Batman cowl. Except he acts more like the Joker and that he's just villainous mm. and chaotic. Some cats just want to see the world burn. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a very high-end litter box that you're rocking there as well. Yeah. I. Mm. You know, I mean, let's get into it. So it used to I'd have... say it's too small for that, Connor, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> it used to have a little uh, door that you could sort of go in and out of, but it always seemed to confuse them. And it was like, it was taunting them. It's kind of, there's where you go to the toilet, but you can't get to it. It's like, just learn to walk through. So we had to take the doors off. So it's it's not the best at um, suppressing the scents. Connor, uh, you're telling me, I'm sitting beside one and we've the whole lid off. Oh. Anya, you were only supposed to take the bloody doors off. <laughs> <laughs> well, does that reference bring us very neatly, uh, Michael, to our, our 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 topic for today? I think it does. Before we started recording, I made some big noise about being able to do a Kermit impression, so I'm going to try it. Going to try it now. All right. So, <clears throat> gotta get my Kermit on. You guys can be the judge of this. This week we are talking about the delightful, festive family favorite, the Muppet Christmas Carol. That's pretty good. All right. It's got a bit of Ira Glass in it, I think. <laughs> a little um, bit. A little the bit. other thing I'm wondering, though, Michael, is why you yep. move your microphone closer to your mouth for that, <laughs> but apparently don't deem the other hour and a half that we're recording important <laughs> yeah, yeah, enough yeah. to get a good quality this sound the, on. This is the gold, though. This is the gold, you know? Yeah. Released in 1992 and starring Michael Keane alongside our favorite Muppet friends, it's a staple of Yuletide programming. But is it a legitimate, like, Question mark. I closed oh, my wow. eyes and, wow. and I. Thank you very it much. It's been a while. It's been it a while. It's Kermit, right? So we're going to be talking about the film, but obviously we start off with our legitimate likes three question quiz. Anya, do you want to lead off? So to kick off our three question quiz, can any of you tell me what connects the Muppets Christmas Carol with the In Betweeners? Oh. Amina, you're our showbiz guest here. That's. That's what. Why would you do that to me? <laughs> I was clearly making a confused face of like, I don't know what's happening. And mm. you've done the exact teacher thing, which is pick the person that yeah. clearly doesn't know what's happening. Even mm. the listeners could hear Amina's confused face. There. The in-betweeners. Mm. The in-betweeners. Were they filmed in the same place? Is Greg Davis involved in some way? You know. Is it an actor? Is it an actor on you? At any an point, did Scrooge call someone a bus wanker? <laughs> 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 well, 
Well, doesn't Sam the Eagle have a touch of Greg Davies as... He does a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's true. But that, it does. But yeah. That's not it. Yeah. yeah. And this, I saw that, I watched the movie last night and this tormented me until I made the connection. I, I, had, I, I couldn't figure out what I was seeing until I Googled it. Oh, wow. So it's, it's an actor in the in-between. So it's got to be one of the parents, right? No, hang on, hang on, yeah, hang on. Yeah, I mean, what... there, there are about three adult actors in it. There's the lady who plays Belle, the guy who plays Young Scrooge, Michael Caine. We're talking oh, 1992. Why, yeah, why is, it, why is it an adult actor? What about Little Scrooge? One of the Little Scrooges back mm. in the schoolroom. Okay, okay, mm. okay. Could they have grown up to be a... Uh, mm, I don't know. Anya's looking at us with disdain. No, yeah, 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 yeah. You drove all over Connor there as he was... Okay. (laughs) I'm going to go... The actor who plays Fred is a parent in The Inbetweeners. Anyone else got a... Or Clara is the other guess, I guess, is it? Yeah, so Clara is played by Robin Weaver, the actor who plays Simon's mom in The Inbetweeners. Ah, a very wow. prominent part in The Inbetweeners. Wow. So she's been in a project with Sam the Eagle and Simon Bird. Oh my God. <laughs> I think this goes all the way to the top, Connor. Conspiracy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unbelievable. Michael, your, your question. Yeah, okay. Question two. Scrooge famously says... Wait, why are you not doing it in Kermit's voice? Oh, okay. <laughs> Get the microphone, Michael. <laughs> It, Scrooge says, bah humbug. What does humbug mean? Is it a pain in the back? Is it a senseless fool? Or is it a deceptive or dishonest person? <laughs> that, I went off the rails. I was, I was someone else at the sweet? end there. It is a sweet uh, as well. A humbug. It is a sweet. But it is also, it's... I think, a deceptive or a dishonest person. Hmm. I think you occasionally see it show up in... Yeah, like sort of early 20th century writing, I feel as, oh, he's a bit of a humbug. So that's what I'm thinking. Now, I, I, yeah, I'm never quite sure why Scrooge is using it to express his feelings about Christmas. But I don't know. Any other thoughts, Amina, Connor? Why well, he's very, he, he hates jo- people who are happy when they should be sad in his mind because they don't have money. So that does make sense because in his mind, they are being deceptive mm. because he doesn't understand joy at the point when he says it. Okay. I mean, you're spot on. That is that is the correct answer. So between the two of you, you got it right. And I think it does. It kind of brings an extra depth to the story when you realize what he's saying. He's saying you're 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 fooling yourself. You're trying to fool mm. me, and you're fooling yourself. You know. So yeah. uh, he's not just a grouch. He thinks that everyone's sort of deluded, which I think is kind of interesting. Question three. In the last scene of the movie, an enlightened Scrooge dances through the London streets past a shop called Micklewaite's. Why is that significant? I know the answer to this. He said, like, the best boy. <laughs> he said, smugly. Connor and Amina, any ideas? Mick- Micklewitz. Mm. Again, do you know I what? I, I have so much useless knowledge in my brain. This is not something I've, I've read in the last week or so, but for some reason I know that Michael Caine's real name is, I think, Morris Micklewaite. Yes, exactly. No way. So it's a little Easter egg and it was spotted last night, I think by my dad when we were watching it because earlier in the movie he had said Michael Caine was born, Morris Micklewaite and then you see Micklewaite shop and I just thought that I think... Your dad and I were just, you know, that wavelength. (laughs) Two peas, 
Yeah. Incredible. So I thought, I th- yeah. So you'll see it. He's, it's a red, a lovely red shop front. I just think the effort that must have got into that because it's like in lovely gold. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, a lo- it's, a, it's, a, it's, yeah. A, it's a lovely little detail. Yeah. So you've, you've done very well on the quiz. Are we three for three? Three for three. Well, we get it. We get into the film, guys. I mean, we've got two big Muppet fans on the line here, right? So, I mean, we like this film, right? I'll say this is this is a staple of Christmas in our house and one of my very favourite films. How do we feel about it? I actually hate it. Um, <laughs> I, I come on, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love it so much that like I was once sad oh, this is so bad I was once sad after breaking up with somebody I did the breaking up still sad and I watched it in March three oh, wow ago. and it wasn't Michael Caine oh. you'd broken up with was it no it wasn't. <laughs> okay because that's the only way that makes sense all right <laughs> it just makes me really happy oh. um, yeah. Yeah. I really like it and it's just very fun and I feel like it's some of their best work also it's just like such a labor of love Mm. as well because obviously it was just after jim henson had passed and so it's like just a really beautiful yeah i think like it's a really silly movie and it's really fun and i have some like fun facts that we'll get into but like at its core i think the reason it is such a heartwarming and such a like staple film is because it was made by a load of people who really loved somebody they just lost yeah and that's just really beautiful. It yeah. does. It does feel like a lot of care was put into it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I did a little bit of reading earlier in preparation for this evening because uh, loads of really great articles came out last year for the thirtieth anniversary. But um, I read and and I didn't know this before that apparently it started life. The the sort of idea for the project came around that it was going to be a little bit of a kind of a parody, a sort of okay. Monty Python esque piss take of Christmas Carol. But as the writing went along and as they kind of got further and further into the project, they just, they kind of said, we can't take the piss out of this. It's Mm. too lovely and it's too Mm. pure. And and it it reminded them so much kind of spiritually of, uh, of Jim Henson, you know, in terms of like just the, the sheer goodness of, of a lot of the characters and stuff in it. So yeah, they got to a point in it where they kind of said, okay, well we can't take the piss. So we have to do it properly and with love and and it is an incredible adaptation of it i mean it's you know i feel like i've seen maybe one other film but i've seen other plays of a christmas carol and yeah i think i don't think you can beat the muppet version you know yeah it it really is so so faithful do we have any do we anyone have any favorite scenes what are what are the best bits of the film all of it (laughs) like i really like the scene that starts at like zero minutes and then like all the way through to like the end credits including the credits is that is that one scene does that most of it's pretty good i don't know a lot about film yeah they actually that was one continuous shot you know it's like the (laughs) bidding good fellas where they go down and you know it was amazing it's one of the great feats of cinema yeah but there are some amazing like standalone pieces like uh wigs Yes. Uh, Christmas party oh, is yes. amazing. The, the penguins skating party, and I think the best scene is the the rats getting ready for Christmas. Yes, and they're they're in the kind of little sauna in the <laughs> teapot and everything. Uh, so there's, oh uh, yeah, I think at every point in the film, there's always another amazing set mm, piece. Mm, yeah, coming. I also yeah. do like to think about the Christmas party, like. I like to think that maybe there's some sort of weird alternate timeline stuff that Dickens deliberately called the character Fezziwick, you know, and that it just yeah, lend yeah. itself yeah. No, yeah. so naturally to, to Fozzie coming just in, you know. Too it's too perfect. It's too perfect, you know. 
I really hope they give themselves a day off when they came up with that. You know, yeah. Come up with it at five past nine in the morning and then say, well done, guys. Yeah. Just take a well-earned day off. <laughs> that is extraordinary. Yeah, it's, it's funny, really, like that the the Muppets really seamlessly are, like, it's really easy to cast them in it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, it all makes absolutely perfect sense. Like, of course Kermit would be Bob Cratchit. Of course. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of you know, shows it kind of shows how versatile the world of the Muppets is. Like they 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 can completely fill out this story, and where there are characters that 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 don't exist, you could just make new ones. So like all the three ghosts are all completely new characters, right? And the, mm-hmm. certainly the Ghost of Christmas Present is amazing, uh, and the Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come is genuinely creepy, right? You know the Ghost of Christmas Past. When I saw that, like maybe even fifteen years ago. I was like, God, the, the, the effects of this are amazing. I watched it last night and it was like, oh my good God. Yeah. When you Obviously on our newfangled TVs, the, the, you know, it's a child's face yeah. and it's just like, oh, that looks like a papier-mâché face. <laughs> stick. Uh, but I thought when I saw that, it was the most ethereal, magical thing that I've ever seen. But the rest of it, the other two ghosts are looking pretty well. They're yeah. doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, ghost, the ghost of Christmas up. past is like just an impossible... Thing for any writer or director to get because of the way Dickens describes it. Mm. He's in the book, he says it wasn't so much like an old man as a newborn baby, it wasn't so much like dark as it was lightness. Like it, it basically kind of it was supposed to have that sort of candle effect where one second it looks like this, but then the next second it looks like mm-hmm. that. Mm. So you get some versions of the ghosts of Christmas past where they just make really strong decisions in the Albert Finney Scrooge musical. The Ghost of Christmas Past is a really pompous, like, old lady for seemingly no good reason. Um, So I feel like a sort of a papier-mâché face on a stick is as good as you can possibly do with the description that Dickens wrote. (laughs) Definitely, I think, the scariest of the ghosts in a lot of ways as the first mm. round yeah you know i, I mean? think it is up. the scariest yeah 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 at least with the third one you're like well oh, yeah okay you're the grim reaper mm. you get a bit on the nose you know <laughs> yeah what about hugh any favorite parts of the film well yeah okay i've got kind of well pick a favorite song maybe as although i don't know yeah. if, like, if we're gonna get to that and it'll be marley and marley i think it's great you know wow it's just even though i do have it's a, such a good song i do have a problem with <laughs> not necessarily a problem with i feel like come on work a little harder with some of your rhymes maybe you know, like there's something about like taking it back because we're in shackles, you know, like, come on, guys, we could do better than that, you know. Do you not think they're too happy for two men who've been condemned to a life in chains or a, an afterlife in chains? They're in great form. Yeah, I think they're enjoying poking fun at Scrooge. I think they're enjoying the fact that they've been they've been let out for a day just to go and cause a bit of mischief and make someone else feel unhappy. And they probably like that, you know. There, there's that really wonderful bit where uh, they're talking about, remember the day we threw the orphans out of the orphanage? Oh, yeah. And the little icicles on their noses and then they laugh and then they kind of oh, shudder. Yeah. And yeah. it's so brilliant because that actually really sums up like yeah, yeah. Marley's before and after. Did it make any of you like really think about your own like your own outlook on life? Because last night I was like, oh God, am I am I Marley or Marley? Ooh. I ooh, that's that's a worrying question. Um, <laughs> have you thought about therapy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is it. I thought this was therapy. That's what I thought this was every Wednesday. I mean, Anya, we all have our flaws. I don't think that I necessarily necessarily say, oh, there's Anya, old avarice and greed herself. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it does. I, I, because, you know, what's the line of the song? It's like, what we did in life, or what you do in life, 
something kind of basically what you do in life will echo to, mm. to talk about in other podcasts it will echo through the ages basically and it just kind of makes you think do you know what I mean yeah. like I think that this, that's the whole point of the movie surely is to be like am I keeping Christmas in my heart all of the year Hugh you know well that that is the question I mean it's and this is more a criticism of a Christmas carol rather than rather than the Muppet Christmas carol but but it's sort of you know, teaching a lesson that I'm not sure most people need to learn, which is that it's sort of it's nice to be nice. You know, isn't that isn't that sort Michael, of the moral of the story? You think a lot of people don't need to learn that? Oh, Michael, <laughs> you innocent <laughs> child. <laughs> I think you know, Anya, we're in our mid thirties, and Scrooge. Well, was... some of us are. Amina is. Oh, I mean, uh, I mean, Amina. Yeah. Wait, no, wait, no, Connor, guess my age. <laughs> Connor, oh. it's frightening. I, I, it's. You're not going to offend me, whatever you say. 47. <laughs> I'm going to say, you, you look young, you look happy. It's been a golden time for young people, you know, just leaving <laughs> university into Tory Britain. That's why you look so fresh-faced and optimistic. I'm going to say 23 years old. That's, that's spot on, and that's very important. Is it? Wow. Yeah. 23. In fairness, wow. he sees you when you're sleeping, you know, Old Connor the Creek <laughs> claws over here. He's just proven everything we always feared. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we're in our mid-30s. Scrooge was much older than us, and he got a second chance. So I say, fuck shit up for the next <laughs> at least 15 years. You know? He was an old man in Dickens' terms. He was probably 29. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'd been true. a money lender for 26 years already, you know, and had six good years left before the grave. <laughs> Michael, what's your favorite scene? I think it, it, it's got to be some of the musical numbers like Hugh. And I think the One More Sleep Till Christmas, I don't know the names of any of these songs, but One More Sleep Till Christmas. That's lovely. And then uh, the, the, the Ghost of Christmas Present, the It Is the Season of the Heart. That's amazing. They're great songs. Oh, yeah. They're really great. I'd say great you love Christmas the big songs. old, I don't know, is it a cornucopia? The smorgasbord he lays out, you know, all the, yeah, the yeah, harvest. Yeah. I'd, I'd have loved a few more minutes of them just taking in the, the treats. Mm. Yeah. Like the, yeah, you know, yeah. You had those lovely buckets of carrots and stuff. Yeah. 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 That yeah. accounts for about 30% of the book. Uh, when you read Christmas Carol. By there Dickens. is a lot of it in it, all right. It, he's sort of credited with inventing the sort of modern Christmas yeah. in that, you know, the the description of, he was surrounded by, you know, uh, roast goose and juicy plums and all these kind of wonderful things and just your mouth waters when you're reading it. Mm. So yeah, the film did a wonderful job. Do you think that's because maybe food was scarcer and it was more of a novelty to have all these? Like, it pro- like you know, by now we basically have Christmas-like foods all year. But I presume then Christmas was more of a lavish food occasion. Yeah, I, th- I think you see that with Cratchit as well. You know, Cr- uh, Cratchit goes out and buys a real... I mean, let's not pull our punches here. It's a shit goose, Bob. <laughs> Um, it's just not a good goose but bless him it's the best he can do Yeah. but you know like they have nothing and then he brings home this shit goose and everybody acts like it's the best thing they've ever seen and I think they're being sincere otherwise like their sarcasm is heartbreaking oh dad you've knocked it out of the park look at the size of that 
I don't ever know how I'm going to eat all that. That would be horrible. But it's very hard to beat a Victorian Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. Like when you see the... the... Children starving in the street. (laughs) Disease. (laughs) Slum lords. No, but the the choirs, the everything. I mean, Bob Cratchit is a natalie dressed man for a man on a low income. Yeah, he is. is. That's why he can't afford the goose. He does only wear one outfit, though, and we see him across time in the 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 one. The little tweed waistcoat. He's got his trousers. He he looks after his clothes, but he he wears the same thing (laughs) all the time. Like, it's not like he changes. Maybe it's hard as a frog. To, to get yeah to to get a gentleman's outfitter you know mm. which muppet do you think gives the best performance in the movie who's acting their little heart out so he's not in it for long but i think the best well there there are two extraordinary performances miss piggy really shows a range <laughs> because miss piggy goes from the happy christmas day then goes to christmas future grieving mother then right at the end angry violent woman you know, she's got it all. She shows her full range in that film. 10 out of 10, Miss Piggy, no notes. But I also think that for playing against type, Animal at Fozzie Wig's party, when he has to control himself and he can't go nuts on the drums, he's just got to play really gently. It's a tour de force of acting from Animal. He is stunning in that scene. And he gets a little bit of and order he does, going. Exactly. Well. <laughs> Animal has it all. So for me, uh, I thought he was cheated out of a Best Supporting Actor nom that year, <laughs> Animal. I thought I mean, what about you? Look, I know that Robin is always the most adorable Muppet ever. Yes, mm. yes. But uh, that frog makes me cry every yeah. year, multiple yeah. times a year. I just... It, so small. I'm, I'm gonna cry thinking about it. <laughs> He's like a He's little so pair of socks, sweet. and he has to be carried everywhere and put up on that big table <laughs> beside the the turkey. And then there's sort of a horror to the turkey because there's probably a muppet turkey, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, uh, there. Maybe in the Swedish chef's kitchen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, he is absolutely adorable. Oh my god, I can't believe I, mean, I didn't remember about the muppet turkey. Of course, there's a muppet turkey. Have any of you seen it? No. Look, I love Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm here to to big it up. But it's arguably the Muppets' second best Christmas project. Okay. After the 1987 television special, A Muppet Family Christmas. Have any of you seen it? <laughs> no. I have not seen. It is seen. glorious. It's on YouTube, Muppet Family Christmas. I encourage you to watch it. The, the Muppets all go to Fozzie Bear's mums for Christmas. They're joined by the Sesame Street gang. The Fraggles make an appearance. It's glorious. Big Bird shows up. Swedish chef loses his shit. He's like, that's what we're having for Christmas dinner. Oh, my gosh. It's all it's got wild. a big Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's absolutely wild. Swedish chef shows his murderous tendencies. But there is a turkey that shows up as well. And Swedish chef wants to eat him. And it's actually the turkey that puts Swedish Chef on to Big Bird. But the turkey, he's a wrong'un because he also tries to steal Camilla from Gonzo. <laughs> he suggests in a very risque scene that they go out to the barn for a little friendly squawking and scratching. 
It's absolutely <laughs> wild, this project. It also has my favorite Muppet line ever, which is whenever Janice brings out a plate of cookies for everybody on Christmas Eve. This, Who wants cookies? And then Cookie Monster comes over. Cookies. <laughs> and then he walks away and Janice says, Who was that strange blue creature? <laughs> and it's just my favorite Muppet line ever. So yes, Muppet Family Christmas, glorious, and there is a Muppet turkey, I can confirm. Is it is it real, or is it your fever dream? Because I, I just want to fly with nobody else has heard of it. And, and I, look, I'm, I, we're all here. Um, safe place. We're clearly not oh, sane. Oh, I wish I came so, up with that. I would write it tomorrow. It would be amazing. I did once mention it to someone, and... I remember they were an actor, so already that got my back up because you know what actors are like. Awful, awful people. And um, I can say it, Will's not here. So not here, it's yeah, great. Awful um, acting. And yeah, I, re- I remember saying, oh, I can't wait to get home. I'm going to watch Muppet Family Christmas. And I think it might have also been because they were English. It annoyed me. And they said, uh, I think you mean Muppet Christmas Carol. And I was like, how dare you, sir? <laughs> You want to question my knowledge of Muppet Christmas projects? Get in the bin, English actor. So no. I'm sorry I brought that back up for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's triggering. It's, it's okay. We're we're working our way through. I have Season just forgiven. Connor, I have just had a look at the uh, nominees for Best Supporting Actor in the year that the Muppets would have been eligible, and so. Animal was up against a tough, uh, a tough slate, which is maybe why he didn't get the nomination. But I have to say, most of these roles, I would love to see Animal actually take that part. <laughs> really? And maybe so. Gene Hackman okay, won got... for Unforgiven, um, <laughs> but I suppose the one that I think Animal could fit right into was uh, Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men as Colonel Nathan Orr Jessup. <laughs> I mean, you'd listen to Animal give that speech from the stand, wouldn't you? Animal telling you that you need him on that wall, you know? No handout, no truth! Ah! (laughs) And uh, also Al Pacino in Glengarry Glen Ross. I think Animal could play a mean Ricky Roma, you know? It was quite a year for for supporting actors. Amina, so this, you weren't even born when this came out. So how, how did you wind up seeing this for the first time? So there's there's this thing called TV. Yeah. Every, no, we, we were all every, on opening night, you see. <laughs> every Christmas, they they show films because there's like quite a lot of time. Um, I think there used to be something called like the TV guide uh, that people used to like get and you'd be like, oh, look, this is what's showing at Christmas. But I'm young, so I wouldn't know. And um, yeah, I think I just sort of saw it in passing then and then just fell in love with it but yeah and i've just seen it on i think the rest of us like me probably saw it for the first time it was just drawings on cave walls and you <laughs> just right. used to walk yeah. along and yeah you got the whole story <laughs> on the cave walls there are there are a couple of other great little bit parts i mean i love the rabbit that he isn't the rabbit he asks him to oh. buy the turkey i think the rabbit shows up at a couple of different points in the yeah in the films. bean bunny he's, he's, yeah, ama- bean he's amazing bunny. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the most harrowing arcs, I would say. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, when he's shivering you in the newspapers at the yeah. start. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And what happened to him afterwards? He's rich now. He sued the Muppets for, <laughs> for <laughs> terrible conditions. And yeah, he's really rich. He's actually the Playboy Bunny. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's upsetting. Yeah. I have to. Can I give Beaker a shout out? 
because <laughs> yeah, because I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not much of a of a of a crier, you know, um, being emotionally stunted. But when he gives Scrooge the scarf, yeah. that yeah. always gets me, you know. And it's because yeah. of the little sort of the. I don't know what and it is. And because Scrooge is in all black as well. And, and the scarf is quite a... small. You know, it's quite oh, a dainty yeah, scarf. Yeah. So that, to be honest, and it's also like, again, it's that whole thing of, you know, giving up a lot of what you have, you know? So that that's the scene for me, to be honest. That's the, the heart wrencher. I do feel like Scrooge shouldn't take it. That's my one, my one. If you are a changed man, don't steal somebody who's definitely poorer than you because he works for a charity and everybody knows you don't get paid very much working for charity. <laughs> Don't steal his scarf. What the what the fuck, Scrooge? But I suppose you know that is it's as we know it's it's the receiving as well as the giving. You know. Yeah, yeah. Is there any argument that I suppose the only people are the only humans, just Scrooge's family and and previous versions of Scrooge? But is there any argument no, that maybe there shouldn't be any humans? No. There's some. There's other some than random, other than Scrooge. There's also some random other humans also. There's some there's street, like some street sellers and stuff, street right? Street people, yeah. 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 But I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder, there. oh, of course, all the people he greets and wishes Merry Christmas to. Do, do we need those humans there, though? Would yes, because it... I, I, it makes us feel like it, we could be in the world. Do you know what I mean? That we could be part of this magical, festive world mm. inhabited by adorable frogs and waistcoats, you know? Also, I don't think your species should inhibit you from getting apart. Um, I think everybody <laughs> should be able to go up for roles, mm. and I don't think that you know yeah, Hugh, not being a should stop you from getting. Yeah, yeah. Mm. wake up, you. Interesting take. <laughs> there was yeah. um, some thought given early on about not having any human actors in it, and they they did think that the Muppet Uncle Dadley could play Scrooge. Okay, and he okay. would have been a very good Scrooge. You know, he's he's kind of wonderfully villainous in his look and in his manner. But then they they obviously decided but against I think that. Michael Caine is what's given it the the sticking power because that's what makes it a movie that everybody will watch. Do you know what I mean? Well, that because that was has... yeah, that was a big part of it. They wanted to cast someone who was a really big name that they that would bring people in. Um, but didn't he famously say that like he played it totally straight? He acted as if he was in a Royal Shakespeare you know production, and that yeah. he was never going to behave like there was anything muppety happening around him. Whereas remind me, is it Tim Curry who's in the Pirates version, the Treasure Island? Whereas yes. uh, he he played it as if he was a muppet himself. <laughs> yeah, which is is, yeah. is adorable. But like Michael Caine is giving the performance of his life. Yeah, it's incredible. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's and, and there's no winking at it. He's mm. not in any way you know, having a tongue in cheek, you know, and I think I think that's what makes it something that anybody can watch. Yeah. And why it's had the staying power. And certainly like, in those early scenes, I mean, his introduction and, and in the first scene where he's throwing the what everyone calls it, the mortgage the mortgagee out on his ear. Like he's menacing, you know? He's got real menace yeah, about him. Yeah. The doctor takes his share too, Scrooge. Mr. Scrooge. <laughs> is that the bit? Is that the little fellow at the start? But even sorry, I always have to say it's about Dickens, like coming up with a name like Scrooge out of nowhere yeah. and it becoming like it's the most automatic pick name that you can <laughs> yeah. imagine for somebody yeah. I mean you know type I, I do think yeah I think Dickens is great but yeah it probably is fair he's probably the best namer of characters ever is he mm. like yeah I mean unbelievable as you say there's so much onomatopoeia in so many of us like it yeah it's incredible you know and, and for a man who puts so much description into his characters and into his stories in a way he doesn't need as much because he he shows you yeah. an old midwife called Mrs. Gamp and you've already got 
some of your you've already got an idea of who she yeah, is i feel yeah. just from that you know it's so obvious who's going to be a goodie and a baddie <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah 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 you know? mr Tulkinghorn. i think isn't he a lawyer in one of them oh my god yeah it's just about, but the one thing that really struck me is like when if you go to read a christmas carol it's such an easy mm. read like the stuff mm-hmm. his stuff remains so accessible i read it to the to, to kids in primary school i read it to sixth class every christmas you know and they love it. Ah, yeah. lovely. Oh, that's, that's very cute. I bet they'd prefer if you showed them the Muppets Christmas Carol. Well, I'm going to do both, actually, this year. I was going to say that's we'll read it and then piece. we'll throw it on last day of term, maybe. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys make of the Bell song being cut from the later versions because they didn't think it was good for young audiences? So I, I have an opinion, and the opinion is this. I get why the song was important, but I also get why it was cut because I'm not sure that singing a song is the best way to break bad news to someone. <laughs> you know, like if you dropped your dog off at the vet and the vet came out <laughs> and said, I have to tell you about your dog. It's like, ju- did he make it through the operation? Don't yeah. sing at me, Belle. Just if you're ending our engagement, this is quite big. Stop singing and let's just talk for a minute. So I don't know if that's the reason why it was cut, but that's why I didn't have a problem with it being cut. That said, you know, it's nice that they put it back in and it gives the the nice kind of book ending with the love we found at the end. Yeah, because but there wasn't there a problem that they actually lost the clip when they cut it. Like, I think they actually lost the, yeah. the recording and there was all this... I think the Hensons weren't very happy about it. And, and also it does cut Belle's role down so much mm. because you only then really see her at Fozziewig's part party. And I do think it is a big part of his origin story that he had this disastrous, um, yeah, yeah. failed, like, like that was his shot at happiness, right? And also it didn't really make any sense that she was ever interested in him to begin with, did it? He was, well, he used to be nice. He was nice. He was a bit of a fitty as well, yeah. He was yeah, that he sweet was, eye candy back in the it's day. Up. <laughs> yeah, working in the rubber chicken factory for Mr. Uh, Fozziewick. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Would any of you consider yourself to be a, a miser? Because, I, I mean, I am. And, you are. And Hugh... You also you are. are. I would say the two of us are misers. Guys, right? would you say I'm a miser? Absolutely First not. <laughs> I don't consider myself a miser. <laughs> oh, you're a miser. I'm not coming for the dinner. I'll just come for a glass of I don't like afterwards. going to meet people, but only if I'm a miser, why don't I have any money? 
you know like that's the difficulty <laughs> now part of it is poor life choices but like i kind of feel like yeah if, if you're calling me a miser i'm getting the worst of both worlds like a poor miser is not the worst thing you could say about a person like he's he doesn't give any money away but he's clearly also a complete idiot <laughs> michael though is very uh michael has like one pair of shoes <laughs> No, sure. Michael doesn't have one pair of shoes. He buys, he has six pairs of shoes that he bought at the same time, like 20 <laughs> years ago, and is working his way through them. It's true. Amina and Connor, are you Smart misers? How, how are you with money? Well, um, Amina is a 23-year-old in Tory Britain, so <laughs> what's money, I'm guessing, is the answer. And in the arts as well. <laughs> yeah. Just rolling in it. Classic Tory Amina. You but you know say. what though? Everybody, regardless of how much money you have, everybody is either like a spender or a saver. You know what I mean? Like every your money personality. I feel like I need to address that one, I'm not a Tory. And, <laughs> <laughs> and two, I, I actually I make enough money to live my li- my life. Well, well, well. <laughs> Humble That's brag. such a low bar. <laughs> I'm not in the poor house. Mm, look at you. <laughs> I mean, Amina, you have fake presents in your background. That's pretty miserly. They're not. They're not. They're not fake. They're not fake. Um, Are they for me? They're, they're from my parents. Aww. Do you actually want to hear from this story? Yeah, from really me? sad. So I, when I was young, when I was really young, my I had like a Two hanging out calendar that my parents would. <laughs> I'm a grown up. Stop this. Spoken like a true grown up. <laughs> I uh, used to have a, an advent calendar that my parents would put chocolates in. Aww. And then as I grew up, my parents would buy me advent calendars. And my mum used to buy me like beauty advent calendars because I was really into like makeup and things. But they would always have like 300 anti aging creams and then like one lipstick. And you'd be like, what a great advent calendar. Yeah. So then she started making advent calendars for me where basically she would wrap 24 presents and and that was and it's just gotten more and more eccentric every year i mean they're and quite so, big presents i mean are they're they, big they're are they two of the 24 wow. yes oh wow oh there's wow little, there's some little ones Oh, well. and then there's oh Jesus, it's really massive. There's like this massive. <laughs> Whoa! What numbers on what that? What number is that? I mean, I can't fucking see. This it. is so sweet. Do you know what's what awful? I mean, his parents are probably our age. My mum wasn't ten when she. No, but they probably are more, you know, more more in common with us than, oh, God. Oh, yeah. my, par- my parents are, they're, they're not old. That's mean. They're just like, they're, they're a normal age for parents. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Your parents are probably mid-40s. That, that, that That's... makes my, it makes my blood run cold, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't tell you what my parents' ages are, because <laughs> no, they'd definitely be annoyed about that. But, but, but they're, they're north of 50. North of 50. God. <laughs> The new 30, they call that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's amazing um, and very That is extraordinary. Mm. Which, it's it's really lovely, and I, I, I think it's a very lovely thing to do. Mm. And I, well, it sounds I, like your parents do keep Christmas in their They're definitely not year. misers, Michael, yeah. Yeah, Michael, you don't, you hardly keep Christmas one day a year, I'd say to you. I love Christmas. I, I yeah, am, I your am. version of Christmas, though, I bet, is it? <laughs> no, 
I hit no. What what is Christmas to you? Because you don't even have anything on your fucking shelves. <laughs> yeah. Also, before we recorded, you did come on eating your children's Halloween sweets. Yeah. So I did. I did. You, I like... You've got to come back from this. You know, Michael, your good name is being dragged through the Like, so you probably so is there is there one small present beneath is there even a tree or is there like a picture of a tree? Do you put it up on the TV and then like the boys open it up and is there like two prize bonds in it or something, you know, and be like, well, they're actually very valuable because they can be traded in for the same value at any point. <laughs> there's, a, there's just a PowerPoint presentation of a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah mm. exactly. <laughs> do you do a Christmas tree, Mike? Yes. No. Yes, absolutely. I actually... Within the next within the next week, I'm going to be out running all the Christmas lights around the garden, and this place is gonna is gonna glow. You rather than having them in the house, here. yeah. You just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the kids yeah, can go outside yeah. to look at them. <laughs> yeah. Do they just get a firm handshake from Santa rather than presents? <laughs> some some good advice from Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Do you tell them to throw their letters in the fire and then laugh and say, like, "Fooled you again, suckers." <laughs> quite a Christmassy boy yeah uh, like I've been to some Christmas activities we went to see It's a Wonderful Life one year yes absolutely yeah, and we went for, um, uh, yeah I'd say yeah, the two year old and the four year old love that do they <laughs> now actually the real victim here is the banker <laughs> Connor I'd say you're a very Christmassy man I'd say oh, now from from tomorrow on gives you that. it's gonna be well, no, it's, it's interesting because normally, yeah, it, it would be kind of the weekend at the beginning of December, but I'm away this coming weekend, so I don't get to put the tree up until Monday because I could put the tree up before we go. Yeah. But then the cats would fucking terrorize it. <laughs> so, yeah, Monday is my big Christmas day coming up. I'm very excited. Uh, I, am, I am very, very Christmassy. I once told a manager in you know quite a sort of boring straight-laced job that i had uh, in publishing and i i was maybe in the job about two three weeks so like very new to the company and i told my manager not joking that i believed if santa retired i would stand a good chance at getting the job that i really thought <laughs> maybe i would be a choice that you're making in like our second ever catch up telling me that you think you should be santa claus and so yeah i that's how i feel about christmas i i adore the whole season and you have a little tree for the cat put by the chaise long as well oh they'll destroy oh my god yes that's such a good idea yes that's happening yeah god bless us everyone (laughs) guys when it gets into the Christmas season and you're snuggling up with a on a couch with a film like the Muppets Christmas Carol, what what are your snacks? What you know when you're when you're kind of treating yourself at Christmas? What what are you what are you consuming alongside the Muppets? Let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> popcorn. I I make really good popcorn, okay. and it's either salted caramel or Ooh. like uh, I'll just do like a salted, and then I'll put like M and M's in. It's the only yeah. time I get normal M and M's instead of peanut M and M's. I'm usually a peanut M and M's person. So then, but I love warm, like a warm bowl of popcorn with like M and M's in it because the M and M's melt. It's just yeah, it's, like it's, they, it's the perfect. coating doesn't melt. It's just great. So that and. <laughs> And then the Cadbury snowballs are like my favorite. Amazing, sweet. amazing. Like, they're just very, I don't know why they, they make me happy. 
probably those. And then always cheese straws because I just love a cheese straw because I think it's great and it looks like a tiny bow tie. So that that's just one of my go-to snacks in life. Um, and then hot chocolate because I, I just make really good hot chocolate. I once made a hot chocolate that I, I actually made myself throw up because it was so sweet. Um, <laughs> it's a very Michael move. Yeah, it's it is. very, very Michael yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have to swap notes. <laughs> it was like a salted caramel hot chocolate which I then put whipped cream, marshmallows, and and salted caramel sauce nice. on top of. Nice. And then I vomited it all into my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Amina, around Christmas, I will make a hot chocolate uh, that is made with fifty percent milk and fifty percent double cream. <laughs> and you just oh. you just you just heat that up <laughs> with with uh, with some hot chocolate, and it's it is amazing yeah connor and hugh what are you having because i know connor's gonna have a good answer and hugh's gonna have the most depressing <laughs> i don't believe in snacking during a movie because it's just too expensive but hugh bakes loads so you, not for you himself must... though he says you're wiser to yourself sure, I've, I've, I've three puddings on the go as we speak <laughs> puddings. christmas puddings do i do yeah steaming some i'm steaming some puddings right now on you <laughs> Incredible. Are they all for you though? That is No, I mean to be honest, as long as says, I'm not sure any of them is gonna end up for me. I think they'll all they'll all disappear somewhere else. Um oh like some form of Cadbury's chocolate though, and there's nothing exciting there, you know. It's delicious. Load of buttons. Yeah. Connor, what are you doing? Well I'll tell you, for drink it's a choice of two. A Bailey's hot chocolate. Oh my god, amazing. Uh, which we we this year we got the Hotel Chocolat Velvetizer, the little gadget thing. It wasn't worth it. It was. It was. <laughs> because I Michael, used, you'd love this. I used to make... The, Jamie Oliver had a wonderful recipe for like homemade hot chocolate powder. And I used to make that and then you have to make it on the hob. But it took about 10, 15 minutes. And Jamie, no harm, mate. I want my hot chocolate and I want it now. <laughs> so the Velvetizer delivers on all fronts. You just pour your milk in. Pour in a sachet of grated uh, Hotel Chocolat chocolate. Bing, bang, boom. You've got yourself a delightful little treat there. Pour in some Baileys. Why wouldn't you? Amazing. But uh, the other drink that I will have a lot of over the festive season, I've been enjoying one uh, over the course of this recording, is 50% Bushmills whiskey and 50% Baileys. It's called, Jesus. apparently it's called a Lucky <laughs> Irishman. Uh, wow. But it is absolutely glorious um and so yeah i sort of um i have a gentle buzz throughout december uh because i drink a lot of those and it's wonderful in terms of what i'm eating i'm so glad now i have to stress i am not sponsored by iceland the supermarket i do very little of my shopping at iceland the supermarket but they have the greatest supermarket mince pies that you can possibly get. Oh, Their luxury mince pies contain the uh, the juice of the Japanese yuzu fruit Ooh, for nice. a playful, oh, refreshing, wow. citrusy hit. Mm. Let me tell you, listener, dear listener, hi, listener, this is Connor McReynolds, <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that you should buy the mince pies from Iceland that contain the juice of the Japanese yuzu fruit. That the reason amazing. I like them as much as anything else is because I say to my wife about eight times a day during December <laughs> that these mince pies contain the juice of the Japanese yuzu fruit <laughs> and it drives her fucking mad and it's really fun. So, yeah, as much as anything, it's because I enjoy it's It's lovely when it's time for the first mincer of the season. Oh, yeah. Monday, roll on Monday for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. And I, I, I love a slightly heated mince pie with just a little bit of whipped cream. Oh, stop. I will <laughs> not, Connor. Connor, oh, are, you a, are you a short crust or a puff pastry man when it comes to mince pies? Ah, don't get out of town, puff pastry. Yeah. Yeah, I know, Do you know? Right? Short crust, obviously. No, no, no. It's let's give right. Michael a break because honestly, <laughs> I think there's a time for a puff pastry mince pie. It's Thank not you. every day. But maybe one day out of six, you say, you know what? I'm going to puff today. <laughs> and it's no bad thing. No bad thing. Come over here. I'm steaming those puddings. <laughs> oh, Batman. Bruce has entered. Oh. Is that Bruce? Uh, it is. Bruce is come. New people. Here we go. This is Bruce the Batman cat. This is Bruce. Oh, yeah, I see, see it. what I mean. <gasps> yep. Oh, oh my, my God. God. He, he is. is Batman. <laughs> He is absolutely wild. I don't know why he's acting like he wants to get away from me this evening. He is a little hussy. He'll come and lie on me during meetings, and he just lies on his back all the time, belly up. He's a little tart, aren't you? <laughs> I love him very much. Um, he's so cute. He's staring at you. He is. I'll move my baileys so you can see his little Batman face there. He does have a little Batman face, yeah. Michael, what are you snacking on? Uh, so I, it's actually mostly cheese. I would say I, I, I yeah, love that. Yeah, boy. big big cheese board. You know, I could do a cheese board every night of the week. Um, <laughs> yeah, the more. What's on What's on your cheese board? So I, I like I like having like five or six cheeses, and you're having a little bit of each one each night. You know, so. So do you just have like an ongoing cheese board? An ongoing cheese board. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. It's amazing. <laughs> it's lovely. It's like the cheese trolley in a restaurant, except it's in my house. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh, I make my own crackers, so you know that's nice. You yeah. do what? Yeah, I do. They're very, yeah. very, very, very easy to make, and they're delicious. What's in Michael? Them? Tell me everything. Just uh, they're 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 whole wheat crackers. They take about it's like olive oil, water, wheat, a little bit of salt. Because uh, I don't like I don't like we you know when you buy like store bought crackers and they've got like uh, onion powder and they're, or they're too salty or whatever. You just want you want something that doesn't overpower that. the cheese. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll send you guys a box of crackers each. They're yeah, they're very plain. I love that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Michael, I don't get too excited about them, guys. They they don't look great, you know. They're delicious. And, and they're delicious. he's also you're also making something that there is no demand for. Nobody has ever. I've never ever heard a human say <laughs> Joe would really improve this cheese board as a homemade cracker. Flavorless crackers. <laughs> well, you haven't had them. You haven't had them. Call them rustic, and you could sell them for six euro in a farmer's market. <laughs> they they look like brown flakes, guys. <laughs> they they do look like brown flakes. They taste <laughs> quite like brown flakes as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Connor, well, well, I I just remembered. So the last time I had a story I wanted to tell you from, that that I've been holding on to since the last time you were on the podcast because Excellent. you mentioned that you live by the sea, and I think when we were talking to you, the I was it during the summer. I think this. The seagulls were was. becoming quite an issue, right? They were, yeah. And and, and right. in the month or so after, because I live not too far from the sea as well, and the month or so after we were talking to you, we had a major seagull issue in that we've got, uh, uh, the, 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 the roof of our house is like a flat section, and basically these big turkey-sized seagulls <laughs> had taken to living <laughs> on the roof, right? So you'd be in bed at night, and you'd hear what sounded like a full-grown man walking around on the roof. Uh, in the middle of the night forever and there there were loads of them it was like an aircraft carrier they were taken off they're coming back it was just ridiculous it was so loud and probably a whole week i was being woken up in the middle of the night by this and it was kind of terrifying as well you know yeah Um, and anyway i decided i was like i am going to 
I'm going to get these guys. So at about <laughs> three o'clock one morning during the, uh, during the summer, I woke up and I'd be sort of sitting in bed concocting this, this, this plan. And I, <laughs> what I did was I got, uh, our kids have a, a hobby horse, like a Victorian style hobby horse, which is basically <laughs> a, a horse's head on a stick. Okay. <laughs> so I, so I, so I got that. I strapped some kind of glow stick to it all around the eyes and around around the face and then basically I waited until I could hear that the seagull was right above where the window was and I very violently swung out the window and, <laughs> and swung the horse's head up up at the seagull and we have not had any birds near the property since then it was a victory for me and my horse's head that is an incredible thing to do it was a bit of a shame that one of the neighbours saw me doing it <laughs> because I looked like a madman uh, but yeah yeah so top tip that is extraordinary i yeah. will be getting a hobby horse this christmas yeah <laughs> yeah summer. do 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 yeah 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 do um i i'd like to talk if i may about uh, muppet christmas carol very briefly <laughs> yeah. um, i looked up the rotten tomatoes score earlier and sh- does everybody want to have a guess what the Rotten Tomatoes score for Muppet Christmas Carol is? It sounds like it's so, not going to be good. 78. I, I know that the critics were not kind to it. It was not well no. received when it came out, which is a, which is a shocker. 51. Wonderful. 78. We've got 51. Anya, what are you thinking? 72. 72. Michael? Michael's going to play the numbers. He's either going to go 79 or 50. No, I'm going to go below. I'm going to go 43. 43? Yeah. Amina is very close. It is 77%. Right. <laughs> but I went on expecting a 98 or above. Mm. But I took a couple of um, of comments from some of the negative reviews. Peter Rayner of the LA Times said, The Muppets are at their best when they're anarchic without all this soggy whimsy. Peter does not sound like a fun person. <laughs> no, he does not. He is Scrooge. Yeah, yeah Peter mm-hmm. is Scrooge. And Jonathan Rosenbaum of the Chicago Reader offered, this is the dullest and least successful adaptation of the Christmas chestnut I've ever seen. Now, I'm sorry, but if you think it's called the Christmas chestnut, <laughs> you don't get an opinion, Jonathan Rosenbaum. But I just, who could say it's dull and a an unsuccessful adaptation. It's remarkably faithful. You can say a lot about Christmas Carol, but you can't say it's dull. No. Yeah. Like I just there are mice and penguins skating and like there's that you could even criticize it for having too much going on. I wouldn't do that, but you could say there's too much going on. <laughs> yeah. But the idea that you're like, I was bored, mm. it was dull. Do you have eyes? Yeah, get in the <laughs> bin, Jonathan Rosenbaum. Yeah, but it rollicks along very nicely. Mm. Oh, what a mm. pace. Like from the from the, the first scene. Yeah. And then Scrooge walking through the town, the carols, you know, where you're it's 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 firing along with the pos- possible the possible exception of the love we what was the song? The love we lost. Oh, the love is gone. The love, yeah. the love we, is gone being maybe a sort of a more a more um forgettable, you know. Yeah, well, you know, you know, but a, a stage, uh, but it's it, God, it rollicks along. I mean, who thinks that? So I, th- I think if there was any suggestion that it wasn't well received, that might have been the box office because in the UK it was only released in cinemas on like the eighteenth of December, 
So it only had a week before Christmas where people were going to see it. And then from Stephen's Day, who cares? It was then released. It was one of the first movies to go uh, rather than to the... Because you remember what it was like, the older ones amongst us. When a film came out, I was like, well, I'll see that again in 11 months (laughs) when it's available at the rental shop and then it'll be available to buy eight months after that. Hmm. But they skipped the rental period for this and it went straight to VHS, which was huge. So it did good numbers the following Christmas. What's that? VHS, God. So how do you describe VHS? Like if Netflix was a plastic box the size of a book, (laughs) but it only had one movie on it. And you could only get one at one weekend, and that had to just do you. For yeah. Days. And every yeah. time you watched that film, there was a risk that it would begin to garble and eat itself. You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They were quite can- self auto cannibalistic. Mm. And there was a real risk when we were kids. You would rent a video from a video shop, which was like a building, like a building where you would walk in. It was sort of like Netflix on shelves, but you could physically hold the the film. The risk when you rented a video from a video shop was that you would take it home, pop it in the player, press play, and it would be right at the end of the movie. So it would spoil the whole experience for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you couldn't just take for granted that people would rewind the video. That was something you had to do manually. It didn't just start at the start. VHS also gave you the wonderful thing of being able to record your own things off the TV. You didn't just press buttons. That's true. And I mean, I used to have a great collection of films such as uh, Annie Hall, uh, but the only problem was my 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 recording of Annie Hall, the classic, was preceded by, and this would annoy anyone else. For me, I wish I had less Annie Hall and more of this. Was preceded by the final twenty eight minutes of the nineteen eighty seven World Snooker Championship final between Steve Davis and Joe Johnson. And oh my God, you'd think you're going to watch a Woody Allen film, which in those days you thought was actually quite a cool thing to do. And you got a little Steve Davis cleaning up, you know? Unbelievable. The only movies we had that we had taped were Sergeant Bilko, Steve oh. Martin, and Steve, Mar- Steve Martin's The Three Amigos, and then The Muppets Christmas Carol. Wow. Oh, so, yes. Uh, I have seen The Three Amigos and Sergeant Bilko. I, I, like, I'm not joking, I'd say 250 times. Yeah. Like, it, it's the weekend. Sergeant Bill, I mean, oh my God. Have you guys seen that, the Steve Martin version? Yes. I don't believe I've had the pleasure. Was there anything as magical <laughs> as when he was running that casino and then Dan Arkroyd's coming in and they have to... Uh, joyful, uh, like, uh, joyful. Uh, just, just, it's not a good film. No. To me, it's perfect. Isn't it the bit where he's he's running around the crates of, I don't know what it's full of, but like he's someone's come in to inspect it and so they look at a full crate and then they wheel it around to the end of the line and they keep doing it, you know, like it's it's slapstick I gold. Think it informed so much of my character through life because that's that's how my brain feels mm. most of the time. That there's just one box of stuff and I'm uh, yeah, but God it was God it was perfect. What a time to be alive. Michael, what what did you tape off TV? I had basically the the three original Star Wars movies, oh, uh, and I just basically watched those on a loop. And they had the ads in the middle of them as well, so I probably got some yeah. pretty vintage '90s ads in there for I don't know cigarettes or. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. yeah, I actually had Muppet Family Christmas videoed off the den, and so Zig and Zag were there with Ray Darcy. <laughs> having a little chat beforehand. It was wonderful. <laughs> and yeah, all the ads for like the old Duracell bunny ads. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the things. The caramel bunny ad. We were very into bunnies. Mm. Oh, and she she was, I mean, 
Let's not mince our words. She was a dish. <laughs> she was a dish. She was a, a honey-voiced... Oh, there were two things I wanted to have in that advert. I, I want to be clear. I was joking about the VHS and the cassette thing. I'm not that young. However, this, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> so, you know the Cadbury's Caramel Bar was advertised by, like, a, a shapely bunny and i don't mean like a playboy bunny i mean a like a, a woodland a bunny bu- a yeah bunny. a bunny and she was beautiful cabaret didn't back themselves they they didn't say it's a great product and it'll sell itself they said we need to sex this up <laughs> how do you sell a lot of these and they just had a real hot bunny do it and honestly but she was friends yeah. with other like kind of more goofy bunnies like tumper from bambi and stuff yeah. right? so she didn't yeah. even make sense within the the universe she of rabbits. Said. Yeah. Was she? Was yeah. she chocolate? Was she a chocolate? No. Was she, no. She, was, she, she was a, a real bunny. bunny. She was all she bunny. She was all fur she and meat. She was all bunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking Jessica went. Rabbit vibes. No, no, she wasn't as on the nose as Jessica Rabbit. I mean, I, I'm going to send you a photo, Amina, because I think you need to see this. The Cadbury. Oh, <laughs> oh there she is. Oh, no. was just. <laughs> there she is. No. He was just holding a picture. And she was voiced. By Miriam Margulies. Really? No! Oh my yes, god! Yes, I forgot that fact. It says that. There you that. go. Yeah, I've forgotten that fact. Now look at her. Look And look the way she has, look at the way her, her underbelly is like a little corset. <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah. There we go. Given that the Muppets did such a good job with the Christmas Carol, are there any other classic stories we'd like to see them take on? What 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 Muppet version? This is a... What a what a great question that could be answered by a full podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, if only it was still being. Away that we're straying into your world here, um, Amina. Everyone should go and listen to the recast. But I would be interested. What 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 stories do we want to do? We want to see remade. As in classics like War and Peace. I mean, I'm going to allow anything. Mine is absolutely not a classic, but yeah. I do feel that I thought of this earlier today. Twelve Angry Muppets. <laughs> Wouldn't you watch that? You get yes. twelve Muppets it's in all one room, day, you know. Every day. Yeah, I, I mean, yes. you, you and I are going because I think it is. It's about the ensemble cast. Mm. That's exactly what I would do. I've gone very close to that. Mine is Muppets Eleven. It's a, it's an Ocean's <gasps> Eleven, which would be like. Oh my it's, god! I've it's, done that a few times in my head. It's, it's perfect. Mm. It, it works very, very well. Who, very who's well. the, who's the pit? Who's the clearly? Well, I'm only giving you the teaser now because Amina has to have me on her show for the rest. Okay, this is the, this is you know just, but but obviously Kermit is Danny. It'll be out in 2025. <laughs> Kermit is Danny Ocean. Miss Piggy is is Tess. I I think uh I think I think the best is Fuzzy Bear in the Elliot Gould role as as Ruben. <laughs> Yes. Um, and then you've got the you've got the count there and the Andy Garcia role. It's perfect. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking oh, Pepe wow. the Prawn. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Who who's gonna be Brad Pitt though? I think, but I think I'd keep, keep Brad Pitt. You keep I'd Brad Pitt. Pitt. No, I'd keep Clooney and I'd oh. make Kermit Brad. Kermit Pitt. Brad Pitt. Okay. Because like that it. bit in the bar, Ocean's Eleven, is also one of my favorite films it's ever. Um, so it's the I perfect watch film it all the time. It's just so good. Anyway, that bit in the bar where he's like, "That eight ought to do it." Eight, yes. Or like, Nine yes. Do it. Yes. You, do you think we need one yeah. more? You think, you think we, we need one more? <laughs> and he's not saying <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah. I just feel like it would be really cool if if Kermit was just sat there drinking. I just I just enjoy that as an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Connor, <laughs> your previous uh, turn on our podcast was for a particular uh, series. I mean, I could see Miss Piggy taking the role of Jessica Fletcher. Oh my word. Oh my word, yes. That would be that would be glorious. Although 
Muppet She Wrote. Oh, yes. A one-off special mm. Muppet She Wrote. The only thing is... Although Jessica I, I want... herself would be great working with Muppets, I suppose. Exactly. I want Piggy to be the murderer in that episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like if anyone deserves the melodramatic end of episode speech about yeah. what they did and why they did it, Piggy would nail that. <laughs> and everyone would suspect Janice because, you know, Janice seems like she might not have the best memory all the time, what with her clear substance abuse problems. <laughs> and so people might be like, you were drunk and you killed him. And Janice would be like, I don't remember. <laughs> but, um, yeah. This but from the man who's Piggy. been drinking. Bailey's and Jamison's. No, Bailey's and Bushmills all night. If anyone knows substance abuse, <laughs> it's this guy dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> That's definitely the creepiest sentence I've ever said. I lied. I wish I hadn't said it on a recording. No, when I was thinking about what I would put the Muppets in, I was thinking Dracula. Give me oh, a little wow. hammer horror, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me Kermit as Harker, as Jonathan Harker, and Piggy as Mina, Gonzo as Van Helsing, Uncle yes. Dadley as Renfield, and then give me Jamie Dornan as Dracula, because that man's oh. comedy chops are underrated. So underrated. He's a very funny man. Oh, he's so funny. And he's he'd so be a wonderful funny. Dracula. I think Muppet Dracula would be astonishing. It's beautiful. I love it. Would watch. And it feels like it fits in with the canon, you know? I, I could I could yeah. see that being made. Absolutely. I, I'd like to see Pride and Prejudice with the Muppets. Mm. I think they do very well in sort of the Bridgerton Regency era. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I need to workshop it some more. Amina? I do feel like the best episode of the recast, not to like pick favourites, is the first one. Because we talk about Love Actually, which is the mm. best film to recast mm. the Muppets in. Oh, wow. I... I have never laughed as hard as I laughed when, like, the thing is that my my genuine best friend, Sam, and I did have thought about that for so long. And when we did the episode, already knew a lot of what we were going to say. But there's just, there's some moments where I had to cut my laughs down because <laughs> it's, it's just so fun. Like, there's just things that you, you realise as you go along. I don't want to spoil it. And the human we kept, was Emma Thompson just to like yes. give okay. you that one? Okay. And it's the yes. it's the best. Can I ask one question? Ever. Who was Liam Neeson? I feel like it might have been like because Kermit was obviously the prime minister. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, that, it's that, always that makes total sense. It's always funny. It's always Every funny. choice is funny. It's, <laughs> it's such a winner. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. Mm. I'll have to. I'll have to go back and listen to it again, which is going to be. Who was Andrew Lincoln? Well, you guys have to listen to my book. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> getting silly. Don't give it away for free. Yeah. So, are we inching towards final judgments? Yeah, absolutely. Can I speed round some fun facts that I oh, know? Oh yes, please, Carol. Please and thank you. Starting with a sort of sweet one, Rolf in a Muppet Christmas Carol, or the sweet dog Muppet only plays the piano and never is never heard speaking because his voice was the closest to Jim's actual voice Aww. and they didn't feel it was right to get somebody else to voice Rolf, which I just think is very Aww. sweet. Oh, that is very sweet, yeah. And since we've all talked about how much we love Fozzie Wig's party, in the moment where the young, well, old Scrooge, I think, is talking to the ghost of Christmas past and 
uh, young Scrooge and Belle are like stood with Fozzie Wig. <laughs> the puppeteer playing Fozzie was just making a load of lewd comments to them and trying to make them laugh. Um, <laughs> he was talking about how, like, oh, you should take him upstairs and uh, all this stuff, um, while a very serious scene is happening at the same time, <laughs> which I just really enjoyed. This was something... I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, Amina, but this was something I think I might have said when I was last on the podcast, when I had the pleasure of being an extra in Muppets Most Wanted and I was in one of the scenes where fake Kermit came out and proposed to Miss Piggy in the theatre. So I was just a... Constantine. Constantine, absolutely. So I was there to witness the the proposal and I was just one of the theatre audience people watching. And it was uh, such a fun day. But between takes, you would think that the Muppeteers with their hands up like this the whole time in the, the orchestra pit, the electric mayhem were in the orchestra pit. And you would think that between takes, they would like rest their arms. They were on the whole time. Like, oh my God. Sort of flicking through their sheet music, chatting to each other, chatting to people in the front row. That's amazing. Because it just mattered so much to the performers how everybody saw them. Mm. And so that totally fits what Amina said, like in between takes at the party. You're not going to see Kermit just flung across a... You never see them just sat still on a chair. Yeah, because that would be harrowing. It'd be like, who killed Kermit? So they're just on all the time. And the Muppeteers, they don't get breaks. They just, you know, they're on and they're doing this and they're chatting to each other the whole time it's That's it's wonderful. so lovely it means That's so, so much. Ma- magical isn't it it really is yeah it's yeah. it's so above and beyond because yeah like my arm would be exhausted for like five hours in an orchestra pit just doing this but they yeah they just they do it because they don't want people to see the muppets as anything less than kind of living and magical and i had yeah. i had this wonderful experience with um peter lintz the guy who played walter the muppet i was in a a scene where Walter was watching Ricky Gervais looking suspicious and I was supposed to walk down the street holding hands with a young lady and we were a couple and we were just supposed to walk past Ricky Gervais and then Walter would come out and go, hmm. And the Muppeteer, Peter Lintz, carried Walter right, but nobody knows what a puppeteer, or the Muppeteers look like. So I said to the lady that I was with, I said, oh my God, it's Walter, that's my ringtone. And he put Walter on and came over and had a chat with me. And Walter was talking to me and I was like, oh my God, I love you, Walter, you're the best. (laughs) And partway through our conversation, Peter Lintz said to me, I'm Peter, by the way. And I went, hi, Peter. And then just kept talking to Walter. (laughs) And it only occurred to me on the bus home how rude this was that a human spoke to me. And I was like, shut up, I'm talking to your hand. (laughs) But it's just, it's credit to how alive they make these, these little creatures. Yeah. I also think that the reason that everybody loves Walter so much is because Walter is everybody yes. who loves the Muppets. And it's, it's so cute. A thousand and, percent. And I wish I was a Muppet. Honestly, I think that like that would be the best thing somebody could ever do for me, which is create a Muppet <laughs> version of me. I, I think I could... Would you uh, be a human Muppet or would you like to be a creature Muppet? I want to be a creature Muppet, but I want it to be recognisably me. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. 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 Mm. Because the human Muppets are a bit boring. 
Yeah, if you're going to go Muppet, go full Muppet. Yeah. Be a Muppet. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, final judgments. Is the Muppets Christmas Carol a legitimate, like, huge? you want to go first? Well, yeah, I'll be very quick and then I'll leave it to the hosts. Yeah, I think it's a joyful romp. As we said, you just, you just, yeah, it, it's a lovely film to watch. Going to show it to the kids in school and, yeah, what more could you want to start off your Christmas season? Legitimate like from me. Amina? Yes, absolutely. I mean, like, it's just, it's so much fun. It really is like the festive season wrapped up in a in a bundle. Mm. I think you could if you if you only could watch one Christmas film, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. would pick it. And yeah, it's just it's great. Everyone can watch it. It's just really good fun. And like it's a really lovely film made with so much care. And I think those critics and the uh, talking about the Christmas chestnut were clearly watching a different film. Because <laughs> yeah, it's just it's such a it's such a lovely thing and definitely definitely a legitimate like from me. Also, the Christmas scat alone is the best yes! thing in the world. Yes, Amina. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tis the season to be jolly and jolly. Oh, it's so wonderful. Connor, bring us home. Uh, I mean, it's it's a very, very legitimate. Like, yeah, the like even just I think the reason why I love it so much is because I love the book so much and I love the Muppet so much. So it's like it's the perfect marriage of two things I love. The last lines right before the end credits when Rizzo says, Nice story, Mr. Dickens. And Gonzo says, oh, thanks. If you like this, then you should read the book. Like, there's so much love for the source mm-hmm. material as well that right at the end, they tell everyone who enjoyed the film to read the book. I think it was the perfect Muppet film, the perfect source material that feeds into the, the whole spirit of genuine goodness and kindness that the Muppets represents. And yeah, and just after having lost Jim Henson, I think it was the perfect way for the Muppet performers to honor his memory. So yes, a very, very legitimate like. Connor, can I leave the listeners with an Easter egg that if a lot of people really like your voice and a lot of people may want to listen to the Christmas Carol. Oh yeah. I think you might have a little something for those people. Thank you, Anya. I actually did uh, last Christmas because I'm a very vain man, decided to record myself reading a Christmas Carol and so if you look up Connor McReynolds on YouTube or on Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, wherever you get podcasts, uh, yeah, you can listen to me reading Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. That sounds absolutely lovely. What a treat for everyone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that <laughs> It was really fun to do. I would recommend everybody should release a podcast this year <laughs> of themselves reading Christmas Carol. And then mine would just be one of many. I'm sure it probably is already. But mine's very no. free, very, very free, because <laughs> Will told me last year I should charge money for it, and I just thought, Oh, Mr. Jesus. Scrooge. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would be arrogant. No, everybody can listen for free. Yeah, I feel you're you're much better not let, let it be free and get nothing than charge money and get like €6.40 for it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's more dignity in the... In the... <laughs> I didn't think of it from that standpoint, mm. but yeah, absolutely. From self-preservation reasons, a cheque for four pounds and 18 pence would feel bad. Yeah. yeah. Amina, where can people find you on social media and for the recast? All four delicious episodes of it. <laughs> it's, it's on everything. It's on, it's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's, yeah, it's everywhere. Um, and it also has uh, an Instagram as well. And you can find me at Amina 
underscore Hamid underscore because it was taken. Um, <laughs> so it was two underscores, which is also the best way to find everything because I have links to like everything I do mm. on that. Amina, are you going to bring it home with your Kermit impression? Oh, geez. Can we have the rainbow, the rainbow connection? The rainbow, rainbow connection. connection. Yes, okay. yeah. Do you want me to get Kermit? Yes. Yeah. Have you guys heard Willie Nelson's version of Rainbow Connection? No. No, I'd say it's beautiful, it's though. It's sublime. A lovely oh, it's yeah. wonderful. Now, here we go. Kermit's here. Kermit has joined the chat. Look at him. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hello. <laughs> um, are, you, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there so many songs about rainbows? What's <laughs> on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it. I know they're wrong, wait and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. That was amazing. That was, that amazing. was beautiful. Thank you, Kermit. I love how you had Kermit serenade you. That was so lovely. <laughs> you know when you were talking about your boyfriend, Amina, is this what you mean? No shame. No shame. No shame. No shame in the game, you know. Wow. Well, listen, Amina and Connor, thank you so much for coming back on for what is really our, our Christmas episode this year, I suppose. It's been a pleasure having you. I hope you've enjoyed it. Ah, oh, thank you so much. So much fun. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Sorry, I, I chose to drink it really bad. <laughs> from, fr from the gigantic mug that I've tried not to point out throughout the episode, but like your entire face is obscured when you take a sip from it. Maybe it's a perspective thing. Maybe you're just further away than the mug. That's a big mug. It is really big. I, I, <laughs> I wanted to make hot chocolate, but I was running really late. So this is actually just... And you'd have vomited it up in the middle of the podcast. So I'm quite glad that you didn't. <laughs> Onion Michael, thank you for producing. I presume you'd have been voting this legitimate like as well. Oh. It's been a it's been a love in. Yes. Absolutely. And thank you for listening to legitimate likes. I will recommend that you go and listen to our previous Christmas episodes. Our first one from two years ago. I don't really remember what we did, but it was very Christmassy. And then last year we did a Christmas episode with nine guests, eight guests. I don't know, more guests than we. I care to remember, and uh, we drafted Christmas music, Christmas food, Christmas movies, all sorts of things, so definitely go and check those out. Also, please do listen uh, to Amina's podcast, The Recast, and go back and listen to Connor's old podcast, The Dinner Party, if you want to hear it. Maybe, you know, if they get a boost in numbers, might encourage them to, uh, to put out a few more episodes, you know, so you never know. You can also, I actually, I'm, I'm going to have to kind of ghost of podcasts yet to come this. Two days ago... <laughs> the Christmas in the Classroom episode of my other podcast, That'll Teach It, came out, I hope, if it gets recorded next week. Um, so you can go and have a listen to that. But yeah, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. Please get in touch and let us know what you would like to hear next. And Happy Christmas from us. Yeah. Yeah, happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas everyone. We'll see you in the new year.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.